Well, thanks again for listening to the Park Hills podcast. We are diving into the the character known as Jeremiah, who wrote a very long book. So we're going to talk about him this week, and we are excited to hear from you or to talk to you about what we're doing in the Bible in a year. So if you have any questions or things like that, don't hesitate to email us or reach out on parkhillschurch.com. And all of this is available in the Park, Park Hills Church app. So we're giving him a shout out here. Thanks. Thanks, PB. <laughs> I don't ever call him that, but I'm kind of wanting to now. Uh, Pastor Bo, PB. So yeah, this week we're talking about the character known as Jeremiah. And uh, we just thought we'd introduce you to him, kind of like what we did with, with Isaiah. These are things that, you know, typically when I'm doing sermon prep, specifically over a book, you know, I spent a lot of time reading about the author, digging into the author, figuring out that stuff. And then I'll scatter that throughout lots of sermons on the character, right? We talked about Paul so many times in Colossians, right? Or we, you know, we'll bring some of this in. But when we're teaching as quickly as we are through some of the books right now, sometimes it's good to just stop. And instead of sticking all this boring stuff in a sermon and losing those minutes, maybe move, yeah. it, move it to the podcast where we're able to, you know, take a little more time on it. So who is Jeremiah? Well, we don't we call him the weepy prophet. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Big crybaby. You know, just even in the beginning of the book, we find, you know, a little bit about his heritage, and which is fascinating, too, really out of a priestly line, but also called to be a prophet. And just even as being young, he's told, listen, this is a job for you. And, and before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Mm-hmm. If, if, that, if you're told that, you, you pretty much are, you know, you're going to be on a track for a certain job. God's going, this is, this is what I designed you for. This is what you're supposed to do. And, and I, I'm not sure that uh, he, he was too excited about that or ever. Um <laughs> You know, I tried to make the excuse, hey, I'm just a kid. But then the response is, don't say I'm only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. And don't be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will deliver you, declares the Lord. Uh, pretty much, no, you're going to do what I say say to do. You're going to go where I say you go. And uh, and by the way, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess... I like the idea that I was able to kind of, at least I feel like I was able to choose some directions in my life where I wanted to go. And yet I can see how God has guided me in that too. But, you know, it's like, boy, he didn't have much room to, to back away from that. It was like, no, this is who you are. This is who I intended you to be. And, uh, and you're going to do it. And you're going to do it really well. <laughs> just, just consider that. Before you were born in your mother's womb, I formed you to do this job. Yeah. Can you imagine then going, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm going to do something else. And then the job isn't easy. The, no. the job that Jeremiah ends up having is pretty brutal. I mean, he's, we know that he's, he's commissioned into service of the Lord right around his 20th year, which we have in chapter 1 and chapter 25 is 
somewhere in the 13th year of King Josiah. So King Josiah is a famous king, you know, that we, we briefly brought up in a sermon weeks ago. And Josiah brings about all these reforms. He, he wants to actually lead people back to the Lord. And in so doing, people actually start following God because they didn't even realize they weren't. It's this beautiful moment. So then Jeremiah steps up to the plate. And so we're talking right around, you know, th- these are people guessing. And again, we're using various resources here to help us out. But the year 20, uh, 627 BC, which is just about 40 years away from when Judah is going to be taken. So if you remember the storyline with Isaiah, he was preaching right before the 722 exile of Israel. Israel now, at this point in history, when we're talking about Jeremiah, Israel's been carted off there all the way. The Assyrians took them and scattered them throughout their whole kingdom. But now we're looking at Babylon going, Babylon's marching in, things are getting kind of crazy. And so 40 years before the Babylonians take out Judah, which is the southern kingdom, Jeremiah steps into service. So he's got about 40 years of preaching, you know, serving under kings. Here's some of the names that we've got, you know, Josiah, Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, uh, which is one of my favorite ones, Jehoiachin. Uh, yeah, and then Zedekiah. So, you know, just right down the end here, this is basically who this guy is. He's serving these kings and things are just not good in Judah so that kind of makes sense as to why we call him the weeping prophet, right? Yeah, and, you know, working with Jer- Josiah, you know, that was sort of a highlight, mm-hmm. if you will, of his career. I mean, even though, you know, there were things that were being changed there, yet there were some issues in the heart of the people. Um, you know, just, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of that whole, I'm going on a little rabbit trail here, but whole, you can't legislate faith. and Right. And, you know, even when we talk about things like prayer in school and all those sort of things, which I, I think prayer in school is a great thing. But again, we, I, I guess I'd rather have Christians praying genuinely on their own heart than this, you know, school initiated type thing. But it, it, you see some of those things here, and I know I'm a, a, on a rabbit trail here. No, but, that's good. But you see this whole thing of Josiah's got things going in the right direction, and yet there's still some issues in the heart of the people that, that just they aren't aren't quite right. You know, they're maybe mechanically observant, but maybe their hearts aren't quite right. I don't know if you'd agree with that assessment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's a huge part of what's going on. And, and really, we spent a lot of time in the sermon team talking about this years ago. The prophets all sort of appear right when the worst things are about to happen. Yeah. It's like God knows they're going to happen. Yeah. And that's not to say that there's not other prophets elsewhere that sort of just pop up at different points. But we have... You know, these guys are all living at the same time. You know, for Isaiah, it, you know, he's got guys like Jonah and Amos all, you know, around the same time, Hosea. But here for Jeremiah, you've got Jeremiah, you've got Ezekiel, you know, Daniel's likely alive, at least at the end of this this talk here. So you've got a number of really big time characters that are all sitting here preaching the same message. And the people are not doing what they're supposed to do. And so then what do you do with that? You know, as a prophet, you've got to speak against it. You've got to say, this isn't how it's supposed to go, which, you know, really speaks to so much of of what maybe many of us are feeling right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to say stuff that people don't necessarily want to hear. And, you know, I, I don't consider any parallel, you know, between what you or I are doing these days and what, what certainly what he went through, you know, maybe those days are coming and (laughs) we can certainly see the tide changing a little bit, but what, 
difficult time. I mean, just even just after Josiah, you know, things get rough for him and, you know, just how quickly the heathen worship rises up and, Mm -hmm. and, and then it's, oh, here, here's a statue, worship me and that sort of thing. And, and Jeremiah has to bring news that people don't want to hear. And, when I look at what some of these Old Testament prophets had to do, I mean, what a brutal, brutal job. And in some respects, you know, the, the parallels maybe to, to now are people don't want to hear biblical truth on right. certain subjects if it goes against what the culture is doing. And our culture is fascinating to me, but it's also sad just to see how there seems to be this shift against anything that is right or true, according to Scripture, shift even against logic, um, which is fascinating to me, just how people will follow this. It just speaks to uh, years of indoctrination that are happening uh, in our school systems and even through our media. But to speak God's word to a culture that is close to it or a culture that, in, like this one, wants to do all the heathen worship. They want to uh, do everything hedonistic, everything about themselves. They don't want to hear it. No. And so I can understand his hardship in having to do it. I mean, even to the point where they start to push back on him. He's not allowed in the temple and so on. I mean, uh, it was a tough job. And I think where, where the huge parallel here between Jeremiah and us is not that it's incredibly close yet, but like we've both said, you know, it, it's possible that one day we're going to make a lot more sense of what Jeremiah is going through, is that Jeremiah is speaking to the people of God who are claiming to be doing things God's way, but yet they aren't. Which sounds like our culture. Right. So even this our... This is the loving way. When you say culture and you talk about media, some of us listening to this are thinking immediately of a certain brand of our culture. But we're talking about even within the church, some really sneaky philosophies making their way in and some really disturbing things happening that someone's got to stand up and call truth, truth. And someone's got to stand up and say, you know what, this is what needs to happen. And so we have individuals, you know, again, listening to this that might be thinking, well, yeah, that's the, you know, that's the way of, of the world. That's why those news channels are terrible. We're not speaking one side or the other here. Mm-hmm. There's a certain indoctrination and a certain message that's being given no matter what. And people will even try to call certain things truth when it's just not. It's it's one off. And I think the danger that Jeremiah is really going through is he's speaking truth, saying, listen, you're not actually doing what God's asking you to do. And they're like, well, no, we're still offering sacrifices. We're still doing this. We're still doing that. And it reminds me of another prophet, Malachi, you know, that we're going to get to later in our reading who is saying, like, you're bringing sacrifices for all the wrong reasons. Your heart's not even in this anymore. You've given up on everything. And so Jeremiah is speaking into that, which makes him very weepy. It makes him upset, the the fact that why is this even happening? What's going on? And I look at the church today in a lot of ways, and I'm not necessarily talking about Park Hills, but the church in a lot of ways has sold itself out to certain things. Uh, You know, some have have become one with the culture, the, the heathen culture, and that's disturbing. Others have pushed back so hard against the heathen culture that they've maybe aligned themselves with ide- ideologies that aren't helpful either. And what's crazy is when the when the Babylonians come into Israel or come into Judah and into Jerusalem, Jeremiah starts saying things like, 
There's nothing you can do to change this. God has already sold you off to them. Mm-hmm. It's way past that time. And he's so public with this message that the Babylonians say, he's pro-Babylon. Let's just leave him here. And I don't know about you, yeah. but the titles that get thrown around about us or other preachers just, well, they're <laughs> pro this. You don't even know what we're talking about if that's what you believe. Like yeah. there's, there's an element of if I'm going to read the scriptures, and specifically for me, if I'm going to read a number of passages in the Old Testament, we are to care about the poor and the mm-hmm. widow and the needy in such a way that it, it makes everyone realize well, this is who the kingdom of God is for. This is what it's about. It's us making the lesser more. But yet, if you say stuff like that, it, it's immediately turned in a direction. Or if I say, you know, uh, certain news channels shouldn't be listening to because they're just, they're just speaking, f- you know, falsities left and right. Other people will say, well, that's not right. You can't do that either. And it's like, no, we should be allowed to speak the truth where the truth is needed yeah. to be said. And, you know, it's, there are, hints of things that are biblical in different lines of thinking. So when the Bible is directing a certain thing, well, okay, it's, then that's going to look like it's right. following a certain line of, of traditional thinking. And that's the beauty of following the Word of God, isn't it? We let the Word of God speak its truth, and then we then have to navigate our way through the things that are all around us. You know, his, his uh, service in many ways, can be summed up by what he has to endure in in chapter 38 of being thrown into the slimy cistern, this thrown down into the mud. You know, I I think about that. What a miserable thing, first of all, to you know, even if you ever step into mud and you get stuck or you go to pull your yeah. foot out and your shoe is left in there and then you got to go digging for it. But imagine that your body just being in this and think about what he's he's physically feeling in that moment and yet how descriptive of what he feels like he's in here's yeah. the one who's going i'm giving you the word of god and yet i'm just giving it to filth in your ear ignoring it and and boy do i feel stuck in right. this situation um you know, I, I love the story. I love the, the the detail they give to how they're getting him out and stuff like that. But but what a picture. And even for things to be so bad that they're going, he can't stay down there. There's not even any food in the land we can throw him. Right. You know? Right. It, things have gotten that bad, which is what he's telling them right. all along. It's like all of a sudden they realize, oh, you were right the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> which part of me kind of hopes that someday that happens you know, for us that we, we have this moment of people go, oh, you were totally, that's it. But it's not even why we're speaking the truth. The, the, the vindication has nothing to do with why you speak it or why you do it. The truth is at the end of the day, the truth matters. And so we're just going to do it for the sake of doing it, letting the Lord lead and guide, being convicted where the Lord convicts us and asking people to join us in that conviction, which is really what Jeremiah is doing as well. Whereas other prophets have these moments of optimism, Jeremiah never really does. And it seems that the book of Lamentations is tied to him. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're pretty sure that it's the same guy, although some have suggested maybe it's one of Jeremiah's disciples who later on, you know, is, is sharing these ideas of Lamentation. Uh, you know, I, I'm willing to just say that Lamentations is Jeremiah. But it would fit with who we see him to be. Totally. You know? it, it, but what he's saying in the midst of all of this, this whole book is this. It's too late. The exile is going to happen. And Babylonian supremacy is going to last for about 70 years. And so then it's interesting then that another 
guy that we're going to talk about later named Daniel has Babylon, you know, Babylon's in charge of Daniel. And when the 70 years is nearing completion, Daniel's excited because now we get to return to the land. And God says, no, 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 the land isn't ready yet for you. And really things are never going to be the same. And Daniel's really upset about this. He's going, what am I going to do? So some have, you know, tried to make all these parallels of timelines and that kind of stuff. If you're really going to dig deep into all the prophets here, you're going to find out that the timelines are pretty hard to put together. They mm-hmm. they don't make a lot of sense. Not everything makes, you know, not everything clicks the way you'd like it to because you read Daniel and it says, you know, 69 weeks, but the seventh week is not, you know, 70th week is not included yet. And the people immediately move that to Revelation. But if you're reading Jeremiah, it's talking about 70 years and those 70 years do get done. You know what I'm saying? So if you're just yeah. doing basic math, you start to break it down. I've watched people go a little bit crazy just going, I think I figured it out. Well, it, tort- no it tortures your types, let's be honest. That's true. <laughs> so if, if it tortures guys like me and I'm telling you maybe there's no way to do it, then maybe don't be tortured like people like me sometimes are. Just lo- lo- like let it go. You know, one of my favorite Chris moments was when I'm looking he was, forward to this story. When he was but a pup, he was a, just a graduating high school, maybe an early college student, and he picked up my Bible off my desk and he's looking at it, and he's got these eyes. He, I can just tell he's studying. He's just he going. And finally, he kind of surrenders to it, and he goes, okay, all right, what's – tell me the pattern. Tell me the pattern. And I said, what are you talking about? Well, you got all these different color highlights, <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out, well, you know, uh, which ones are, are – you know, is there a certain color for a verb? Is there a certain color for uh, nouns? What, what, what do you got going here? And I'm like, oh, you really can't see the pattern? And he's like, no, I, I'm driving me crazy. You've got to have a pattern for this. And I'm like, uh, the pattern is pretty much I had colored highlighters, and I just rotated them every time I highlighted something. And you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, re- your re- mind has always entertained me. You have to find answers, and that's part of what makes you so good at what you do. And that I recall it well. <laughs> I remember looking over your shoulder saying, oh, he's got multiple highlights. It'll be fun to talk to him later about it. And then I started flipping through it, and I realized. Certainly, he's got a system. Yeah. Now that I know you as well as I know you many, many years later, how foolish of me <laughs> to believe that there was a system to the, the pattern that you were looking for. Uh, how foolish. <laughs> but thank God for people like you that do like to dig in all those details and, and seek, seek answers. But there are just some we, don't, we just don't get. Right. I, I don't think we can end this part of the podcast without quickly talking about a couple of very significant verses in Jeremiah that sometimes have been maybe uh, misunderstood or misprocessed. So chapter 31 <laughs> talks a lot about some really beautiful things that God's going to do. And, and specifically 31, 33, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. And so this is covenant language, which is unique. So we mm-hmm. talked, yep. you know, early on the podcast, you've got, you've got, uh, you know, the Noahic covenant. I would even say there's an Adamic covenant uh, right after that, but that's a different discussion. So Adamic, Noahic, uh, and then we move to Abrahamic covenant, right? Then yep. Mosaic, then Davidic. Yep. We've talked about all those covenants. This covenant is unique. It, I'm going to write the law on your hearts, and I'm going to make your hard hearts a heart of, of flesh, and which is tied then to, he doesn't say it here, he says that in Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. So if you take the Ezekiel passage and the Jeremiah passage and you put them together, this new covenant is, you and I are going to actually have the law on our hearts, which we believe is fulfilled by the Holy Spirit 
being put inside of us, right? So mm-hmm. when we accept Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. We're able to actually speak the Word of God, which is amazing. And it's beautiful and it's awesome. And we just get so excited. So we, I love that one in, in Jeremiah. And then there's the famous, right, Jeremiah 33. <laughs> uh, I know the plans I have for you. Oh, I was thinking 2911. Oh, yeah, no, that's exactly where I'm trying to You threw to me yeah, off. Yeah, you no, you're right. 2911, yeah, go for it. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to, for your welfare, not for evil, to give you hope in a future. Yeah, that gets used so much. And, you know, uh, what? in defense of that being used, what I will say is that does, you know, align with the heart of the Lord. But it's missing the specific recipients of this particular promise, isn't it? Yeah, and if you go back to what we're talking about here, God is is working amongst his people and he's about to sell them off to slavery. And so the Americans that like to take that verse and say, I know the plans I have for you. Look how much God loves me. He's totally for me. He is for you. He does love you. All of those things are totally true. But he, he the plans that he had for Israel were to sell them off and then bring them back. So is that the the plan that you want him to have yeah. with you. Like I, and you're like, well, well no, I don't like I'm that. Claiming that verse. Yeah. I don't oh. like that verse now. Yeah. Exactly. So with that said, it's not that God doesn't have a beautiful plan for your life, but for us to claim that verse as, as you know, what this is exactly what God is speaking about. No. Are you sure? Yeah, no. <laughs> so let's be careful as we're going to, you know, take prophecy and then try to make it fit us. There are a ton of amazing verses in the books like Jeremiah, Isaiah, you know, we've, we've spent hours just digging through Isaiah for a number of places. You know, we haven't taught Jeremiah yet, but that's probably coming down the pike some, some year down the road where we'll actually dive into this 52-chapter book, which is amazing, but also really crazy. And then as we do that, we'll start to see things that we didn't see before, and we'll, we'll be blown away by it. But it's so beautiful. So I love that you love God's Word. I love that you're digging into it. I love that you find things that are helpful and that you can put those on your fridge but let's be careful to claim promises that aren't necessarily given directly to us and be a little more careful with context and what a prophet's ultimately trying to say. Yeah. Jeremiah is an interesting, interesting prophet. Never gets to marry. Um, really kind of lives his life in sort of a sad and lonely way. Mm-hmm. Amazing, you know, depth of his faith. But boy... Um, Given a job, not necessarily um, that pleasing or desirable, and yet faithful there, you know. Uh, but even really went against his character and his heart. I think the soft-hearted guy, and yet has to come with such a stern message. Yeah. And I just went back to 33 to see why I wanted to go there. So the promise of, you know, the beginning part of Jeremiah is all of this destruction and the promise of 33 is so beautiful. God's going to bring peace. And not only that, but God's going to remember his covenant with his son, David. Yeah. This man after God's own heart that we talked about weeks and weeks ago at this point. And you go, okay, God loves his people. He's always going to fulfill the promises he has in, in them and through them. And so there's a few things that we could claim in today's world. The church will always exist. The church will always do the job that God has asked them to do. He is working in us. So let's claim that promise and trust him and walk through it no matter what gets thrown our way. Amen. Amen.